Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast. We're your hosts, Aaron and Jennifer Smith. We have been married 15 years and have five sweet children who are growing up way too fast. We love God and we love marriage. And we love to be honest about it all. Marriage is not always a walk in the park, but we do believe it has a powerful purpose. So our goal here is to open up the conversation to talk about our faith and our marriage. Especially in light of the gospel. We certainly don't have all the answers, but if you stick around, we may just make you laugh. But our hope is to encourage you to chase boldly after God's purpose for your life together. This is Marriage After God. All right, we are back. Aaron and Jennifer Smith with the Marriage After God podcast. It's been like two weeks, huh? Yes. People were probably wondering, are they done? No, we intentionally took off a couple weeks. We unintentionally, intentionally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Aaron told me the week before, hey, by the way, don't stress out, but I'm we're taking a break. And I was like, what? We've never done that. Well, you were in like deep edit mode on our book. Yeah. And I was going on a trip with Elliot. Yep. And so I was like, you know what? We're just not going to even deal with it. And normally I would argue that and say, no, we made this commitment. Let's just follow, follow through but with I it. But I think you felt relieved. I did actually. Because you had, a, you were doing a lot. You were yeah. crushing it. And I was about to leave. And all I thought was like, I just, there's no, this plate is full. <laughs> so we're going to be good. But we love you and we missed you guys. Missed and you. we have a really good episode for you guys today, I hope. And just real quick, I want to talk about my trip with Elliot because I know we mentioned it. Uh, I went to Florida with Elliot for his 10th birthday. It was just me and him. And it was awesome. We show up and my friend who lives there texts me and says, you made it just in time for the hurricane. Literally like <laughs> you coming in from the West, the hurricane coming in from the East. You guys met yeah. there per in perfect. It was a nothing burger for sure. There was a little <laughs> bit of wind, a little bit of rain. I know that there's been worse tornado or worse hurricanes in the area, but um, it was, I think it just died down to a tropical storm. And it was actually a lot of fun being there. And Elliot's thinking a tornado, uh, not a tornado. He kept he kept wanting to call it a tornado because they they're supposed to swirl like in the middle when you look on the map. But it was uh, it was fun. It was raining. We went to the Everglades. Uh, got to see some old friends that live there still. And the, my favorite part was just having time with Elliot, mm -hmm. talking about him growing up. I was asked him questions like, what does he see? What do you think? What does he think God has for him over this next year? And as he's getting older and it was, it was awesome. And I think he's going to remember it for the rest of his life. So very cool. Did you miss us? Of course I did. That was, I was going to jump in and say, <laughs> there's one thing that? I, you wish you were there. Cause well, I wished you were there. Of course. 
everybody likes adventure. But I was going to jump in and say one thing I learned and realized when you were gone is how codependent I am on you. But I already know that. I don't like it when you leave. You did learn that. Yeah, that's a <laughs> given. Yeah. All that to say, we are back and we're excited. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about something that's very challenging to do in your marriage and life. And it's how to forgive even when you don't feel like it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. That's good. That's a hard one. All right. Before we jump into today's topic, we're going to share today's sponsor, which is our 30-day marriage devotionals, Husband and Wife After God. These devotionals were written to help you draw closer to each other and to God. Um, And we invite you to join thousands of other marriages who have already taken the journey toward a deeper, more purposeful marriage by using these devotionals. Um, Also, with the holidays coming up, you can easily give these devotionals to other married couples in your life as a powerful and meaningful gift. So um, you can check that out at shop.marriageaftergod.com or amazon.com. Again, they're called Husband After God and Wife After God. Awesome. Uh, So forgiveness. I'm sure there's people right now listening. Every single person right now is what you meant. (laughs) Every every single person. uh, We've been faced with this. Many, 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 many times. So everyone can relate. Uh, yeah. Well, it's not just relate. I think it's a it's experience. Like, it's a thing. It's like ties all of humanity together <laughs> and we'll see why, but this is a big topic. So hopefully we can all gain some insight or be encouraged by us bringing it up today. Yeah. Why don't you give the definition real quick um, of what, what is forgiveness? So it actually means to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake. In other words, to cancel a debt. Yeah, I like that in that definition, resentful. Mm-hmm. So re- getting rid of the resentment and mm-hmm. uh, changing that. And then the biggest one, that cancel a debt. So unforgiveness is holding a debt over someone. Like they've done something that's withdrawn something from you and they owe you. Mm-hmm. They owe you. Uh, repentance or an apology or to change or to stop doing whatever that is. Uh, but to forgive is to cancel it. That debt's gone. So that's, that's the basis of what we're going to be talking about. When I grabbed the the definition for this, I thought to myself, like, it's so easy for it to be defined as just, just stop feeling angry. Yeah. Just easy. stop. <laughs> I know, when Where's you, the easy I was button? That, I was like, <laughs> turning my head. Like, just stop feeling angry. Okay. Just stop it. <laughs> It's an easy, easy so, button. So how do you do it? You just stop. You know, I'm not angry anymore. It's just easy. All right. There's a little it's bit more to it. definitely more difficult than that. We're laughing, but it's not, it's not easy. Okay. Forgiveness um, is, when I, when I was thinking about forgiveness, I was thinking it's that um, relief of tension in a relationship that has endured offense or conflict or something hard. Mm-hmm. And the picture that I got is like, you know, those bands when you're working out, the bands that go like, oh, yeah. The okay, big like, rubber bands. Yeah. So like stretching it out across your chest, stretching it, stretching it, stretching it. It's getting harder and harder and harder. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of holding it there <laughs> until your muscles start like, you know, shaking and you can't do it anymore. Hmm. So and, that's, the, that's the unforgiveness? Um, yeah, that would be holding like... Holding that tension? Yes. And could you imagine us all walking around with that kind of physical tension on us? Like that's crazy to think about. But that's spiritual, yeah. But forgiveness would be the release of that and bringing it out of that state of tension to, Mm. um, to a more relaxed state. Um, and then as like, you know, your mind gets these pictures, I kept following the image. I kept thinking like, okay, so let's say someone was standing there watching me with my hands holding up the tension of this band. 
Mm -hmm. and that someone is someone who like say was the offender or you don't hurt me or whatever you i don't know um so in the act of me releasing that tension and and forgiving Mm -hmm. i'm hoping everyone's following along you're looking at me (laughs) like like, (laughs) are you guys following me here (laughs) what i'm saying is the effect of me releasing the tension in that band really powerfully affects me yeah the other person's not holding the band you are yeah they may have done something that makes you feel like that you need to hold of that sure and they might have empathy even for watching this thing occur and take place they may have feelings about it no idea or i have no idea but but what I'm getting at is like forgiveness is a really powerful thing for the person who's holding on to whatever that mm. thing is. Uh, isn't there like a, a quote that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die? Like this idea of it's something that is happening within you. Uh, I heard another one about like being mm. in a prison, like unforgiveness is like being in a, a yeah. prison that you put yourself into. And all these analogies all these <laughs> pictures that we're giving it it does show that uh often we think that forgiveness is something that requires the other person but it doesn't always and we want to that this actually brings a freedom to forgiveness but we're going to get through some of this a little bit more and get, dig into this a little bit, little bit more but we're just trying to give this like premise of like what what does this look like what does this feel like there's some questions that we can kind of we often probably ask ourselves and we just wanted to bring some of those up and say them out loud uh, so that we can dig into this this idea of forgiveness. Real more. quick, can I wrap up my little picture for everyone? Yeah. <laughs> so imagine the outstretched arms holding the band exhausted. and the weight of, okay, totally exhausted, muscles shaking, pain, it's excruciating, but you're trying with all your might to hold on to all this unforgiveness. Now consider how Christ felt when he took on all of that everything the sin of the world and forgave yeah and released that tension how beautiful how and cool and now you're you're bringing up the, the ah. crux the cross the crux of this whole idea of forgiveness uh like yeah like the your analogy because his your arms are stretched out yeah. and his arms were stretched out yeah. and held out by sin mm-hmm. he was it's what nailed him there um in analogy <laughs> uh, so we have countless opportunities to forgive others especially our spouse. I feel like actually the person most often that needs our forgiveness in our life will be our spouse. Most, most opportunity because of the interactions constantly. Yeah. There's constantly offenses happening. There's constantly, and hopefully not always intentional. A lot of this is unintentional. Yeah. Close Uh, proximity. Yeah. But we're just, we spend so much time together. There's just tons of opportunity for things to happen. And I think it's, but not just in our, our marriage. I didn't, I didn't want this just to be about marriage. It's actually just in life in general, because we can easily say like, well, your spouse deserves it because they're your spouse, but that's not, that's not enough mm-hmm. for us to be able to forgive. And for those listening, like we, we want to be an encouragement to you in your marriage, but also to your other relationships. So if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm forgiving my spouse for everything. And so there's no issue there, but are you holding on to something mm-hmm. with an in-law or a friend or someone else in your life that yeah. you can forgive? So we want you to think about all your relationships. And so this, this is something that here's some, here's some questions. I'm just going to say them out loud. Cause I think we, we say these to ourselves. We ask these questions when it comes to forgiveness. 
Say them slowly. Yeah. So, so they really hear them. Okay. Why should I forgive when I feel like they're wrong? <laughs> I feel like this is probably what I ask myself the most. <laughs> like we're in a situation and Jennifer, you've said this. I'm Can't never you wrong. just say you're sorry? And I'm like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to say I'm sorry. And at the same time, I'm like, why, why should I? Like you, you did this. Why, why am I on the... Anyways, you get confused. Yeah, I do. And so next question. Why does it feel hard to forgive? Why do I have to forgive? That's a, that's a question I think some people ask of like, no, I, I, this is something I want to hold on to. Like I, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to afford this person the benefit of my forgiveness. Why don't I want to forgive? Hmm. That's digging a little deeper. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. Like I, I desire, I wish I did. I wish I could, but I feel like I can't, you know, mm. how can I forgive if they have not repented? Or apologized. Or apologized, yeah. What if I forgive them and they do it again? Have you ever asked that before, babe? Yeah. Yeah. Why should I forgive if they have not changed yet? These are these are big questions. We ask I I think all of these in some form or fashion pop up on our heads in the midst of when forgiveness is needed. And then this last one, again, this is not an extensive list. You could, you're probably, I, I would hope you're li- listening to your own heart and the spirit of God and, say, and trying to hear these questions yourself. Um, the last one, if I forgive them, then what they do just gets overlooked. And if, and what if it happens again? And I think that's, you've even mentioned this in the past, is this fear of truly forgiving. Does that mean mm-hmm. they just get a pass mm-hmm. and I just get a pass to do it again? Essentially, like you brought up the word crux, mm-hmm. um, when you have been offended or hurt, you are at the crux of, do I believe that that person will change, will ever change, mm-hmm. is actually sorry? And so that's kind of why we're bringing up all these questions, because what happens inside of us, our hearts, mm-hmm. it's like turmoil. And that, and that's exactly that. And I, I think the reason we ask these questions is because we believe the answer to them gives us justification to or not to forgive. Mm. I would even argue that we avoid answering them. I mean, often I wrestle with the questioning, mm-hmm. but I don't lead my heart to the answer. <laughs> right? Maybe because they, I know where it will lead me. But well, but and here's my my point I'm getting at okay. with this is, so whether we want to answer it or not, we think that the answer has to do with the response. When in reality, forgiveness has nothing to do with any of these questions. What doesn't matter what the answer to any of these questions are in essence of, you know, if they aren't going to change, should I forgive the answer to the question of should you forgive has nothing to do with if they change or not. Mm-hmm. And so do you think that by walking in forgiveness, the answer to these que- or these questions get resolved? They do. Yeah. They, they get answered. The, the only way they can is mm-hmm. I should forgive. And <laughs> here's the, here's the next question I have. Why, you mean the most important question, the most important, the question. most significant question. <laughs> Why does Jesus command us to forgive? Okay, because we have all these other questions that we do ask ourselves, trying to justify whether we should or should not, mm. can or cannot, will or will not forgive. Mm-hmm. So my question to everyone listening and to myself, to me, and to you, is why does Jesus 
command us to forgive. You want to read that verse in Matthew 6? Yeah, it's Matthew 6, uh, 12 through 15. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So Jesus is asked by his disciples because they watch him pray. And he must have prayed so drastically different than they've ever seen because they come to him and they say, teach us Mm -hmm. how to pray. They were raised Jews. Mm -hmm. They understood praying three times a day and pray, you know, all the things that they learned in Torah. But they go to Jesus and they're like, teach us. And he takes the opportunity not only to teach them how to pray, but also to teach them about forgiveness. And he tells them in the prayer, we pray to God, forgive us as we forgive our debtors. But then afterwards, he highlights, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And it's this idea that Jesus is, he's attacking this core thought of, if someone's done something against me, then I can withhold against them. This was a tooth for tooth, eye for an eye mentality. And Jesus is saying, he's like, well, if you want forgiveness, then you should forgive, which lines up exactly with the golden rule. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. So he, he's p- purely saying, do you want God to forgive you? Of course. Then forgive others. It's the difference <laughs> between justice and mercy. Yeah, Where yeah. justice is what's deserved, but mercy is mm-hmm. transformative and amazing yeah. and beautiful and different. Well, and I'll eventually argue the fact that what we think is justice isn't just at all Mm. because I'll get there in a second. (laughs) So this is why, this is what I think the answer is to does, why does Jesus command us to forgive? If forgiveness was a natural occurring response, meaning someone wrongs us, someone hurts us. I get slapped in the face. I get tripped and fall my fall down. Someone steals from me. Who knows? You can, you can name the plethora of ways Someone can wrong me. My Is my natural response going to be, oh, you know, I forgive you. Sure. No, my natural response is going to be hurt, defense. It's something that's, nat, nat, the natural response in us is to protect ourselves. Protect our pride, protect our flesh, mm-hmm. protect our things. That's natural. But the fact is that forgiveness is a very unnatural phenomenon. Miracle. It's, it's a miraculous thing. It's, it's totally antithesis to human nature, to nature in general. Mm-hmm. It goes against all natural responses and desires. Forgiveness goes against our natural defense mechanisms and responses. Justice or fairness is more natural. So like you took from me, I'm going to take from you. Mm-hmm. This is the, in the, in the Greek, in the Greek it's, or yeah, I think it's Greek. Lex telionis. And oh, it's I've this, never heard you say that before. It's this idea of, it's, <laughs> it's the law of, of eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Mm. If you steal, we take your hand. That was like a thing that you would have your hand cut off. If you poked someone's eye out, then you would have your eye poked out. This was actually law. And Jesus is saying, well, if that's the case, <laughs> then what we've done to God, what's the recourse for that? What's the punishment for that? So Jesus is showing 
what he intends to do through all of this. But that's our natural response is trying to balance the scales, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. right? Cancel, like not canceling debt, but making sure that debt gets paid, right? Mm -hmm. So you did this wrong, you owe me. You're going to pay it. That's where like we get the idea of payback. Yeah. Oh, you paid me this. I'm going to pay you that. You stole from me. I'm going to steal from you. You. So that's the natural response. The unnatural, like you said, miraculous and spiritual and uh, uh, supernatural is the word, is forgiveness. No, forgiveness isn't something that comes from us at all. I think it's something that we must do in the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's something that we must do out of obedience to God's word which is where it comes from. True forgiveness can only happen when we understand the miracle that we ourselves have received forgiveness for trespassing against the perfect and holy God. How does that make you feel? <laughs> uh, small. That's in, yeah. a, in a really beautiful way. I just keep going. You're doing great. <laughs> okay. uh, so when we realize what it is that Christ did for us on the cross, we begin to see why we must also forgive that keyword must we must also forgive it's not whether they've repented it's not whether they're going to change it's not whether they like we we can a- answer all those questions however we want but the answer is i must forgive because i have been forgiven that's the answer so which you would only know, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, you okay. would only know if you're abiding in his word and reading his word to come up into verses like what you shared earlier to know that the father will only forgive you if you forgive mm-hmm. others. Um, because if you, if you claim to be a Christian and you, and you're not in the word and you're not paying attention to those kinds of verses, then you won't walk in those ways. Yeah. Correct. Well, and I'll, I'll highlight, so when Jesus is teaching about forgiveness, this is pre-resurrection, this is pre-him standing at the right hand of the Father, he has actually, and we'll learn this in a bit, there's so much scripture specifically on this concept of forgiveness, and I want to encourage everyone listening to, to do a little study on it. Go in the Word and learn about forgiveness. <laughs> See where it shows up from the beginning of the book to the end of the book, because it shows up a lot. It's it's a main theme of the gospel and the, and we'll read this in a little bit is the whole, the sins of the whole world have been forgiven, but if we're not forgiving, if we can't forgive, if we're holding withholding forgiveness, we're not actually operating or acting or walking in, or as you said, believing that we ourselves have received forgiveness because if we understood it, if we believed it, if we knew it, if we meditated on it, if we recognize, wow, I can't believe that I can be forgiven mm-hmm. by a holy God. Then I'm, it's not that I'm not being forgiven by God because I'm forgiven in Christ already. I'm not receiving it. So here's, here's the big, here's the big thing. Okay? <laughs> Wait, there's bigger things. <laughs> this is, well, this is, this concept is what helped me forgive you, forgive us, forgive me helped our marriage not fall apart into little pieces was recognizing this one truth. If, if I withhold forgiveness, I put myself in the place of God. Okay. Share more about what you mean. If I withhold forgiveness, I put myself in place of God. So God's holy, perfect, 
cannot dwell in with, with sin, right? And yet, we deserve judgment because we have sinned against him. We deserve his wrath because he is righteous and just. And yet, he has forgotten our sins. They've been cast as far as the east is from the west. They are at the bottom of the ocean. In Jesus Christ, all our sins have been forgiven. Okay? But if I, if you, if you wrong me, you've done something, you said something mean, you, whatever, anyone, and I say, I'm not going to forgive you or I can't forgive you, then what I'm saying is, is what you've done to me is more than what I or the world has done to God. Hmm. God can forgive, but not me. It's why Jesus makes such a big point about this. And we're going to read in Matthew, right in a, in a second, just how important this is. And, and this will make much more sense. So if God has forgiven me all my sin, paid all my debt, overlooked all my choices that were against him, and then I go and withhold forgiveness, require the outstanding emotional and spiritual debt to be paid in full with interest, and choose to only see the bad in others while, we're, while requiring perfection, before I offer forgiveness, then I, I'm no better than this wicked servant we're going to learn, learn about that Jesus shares about. I'm no better. And this doesn't just go for my wife or my kids or my parents. It goes for anyone in the world. And so, babe, would you read Matthew 18? It's a, it's a handful of verses, but this parable shows so specifically and it, it comes on the heels of Peter asking Jesus how many times he should forgive. This is what it's exactly about. Yeah. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold, with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him his debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and and seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay what you owe. Mm -hmm. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he, until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all of his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So I got a question for everyone. Do they think, do you think that God cares about how we forgive? Yes. I think so. If you think about this story in Matthew that Jesus gives to Peter, Peter comes, how many times should we 
forgive our someone who sins against us. There's the there's a king or master, and then there's two servants. No, not one was over the other, because it says that he went to his fellow servant. There were peers. There's a master, two servants. Also, real quick, that question that he had for him goes back to that list of questions that you asked all of us. It's just how, part of how that many wrestling. Times? He did it again. Should yeah. I forgive him again? Just wanted to point that out. Yeah, and and I just want to point out in in DSV it says seventy seven times. So he says, should I forgive him seven times? And Jesus says, no, you should forgive him 77 times. But the other way that's translated is 70 times seven. Mm. 77s is more accurate. And that's 490 if you count, if you multiply it the right way. So uh, I'll get to that in a second. So we have the master. We have two servants. The one servant owes the master because that that master or God, because I'm going to break this down, wants to settle accounts. So he's like, hey, you owe me. 10,000 talents. That's 20 years of today's wages. 20 years. He's like, I need it right now. Pay up. No one could do that. <laughs> no Especially one... after being thrown in jail. I mean. Yeah, he's like, well, you... he's like, uh, if you don't pay up, I'm going to, you know, throw you in jail. Right. And he pleads, please, I'll pay you. And instead of the king saying, okay, I'll give you more time to pay me. He says, I forgive you. He wipes the debt clean because he can, because he's the king. It's his debt. The money he's owed, he said, okay, wiped away. I wrote it off. Okay. That servant goes outside, grabs a fellow servant by the neck. <laughs> Give me what you owe me. And he owes him a hundred denarii, which is a hundred days wages. It's a third of the year of wages, which is still a lot of money, but nothing in comparison to 20 years of wages. And he doesn't give the same mercy when pleaded against that the master or God gave him. That This right here is the exact picture of every situation in our life where we have an opportunity to forgive. We were forgiven a great debt. Every single one of us, you listening, every one of you. 10,000 talents, 20 years wages, an impossible debt that you would never be able to pay in a lifetime because you still have to live. You still have to eat. You still have to pay for things. You'll never be able to pay that. Okay. And then we go to our fellow servants, our brothers, our sisters, our friends, our family, not, our spouse. Not even in the same manner that the master first approached his servant, but harshly and yeah. aggressively. So when you look at this picture, was the servant who was owed the hundred denarii acting in a position of the master? Yes, mm. he was taking the place. He was not acting like a good one. <laughs> and we go to our fellow brother and sister and our spouse and demand repayment mm. of this hundred denarii. Now, I want to ask you a question, Jennifer. You're asking a lot of questions. Whose hundred denarii was it? Was it the fellow <laughs> servants? The masters? Yeah. So how much did the servant owe the master? 20 years wages. Mm -hmm. So the hundred denarii that this mat, this servant wanted wasn't even his and he's demanding it. And so I take that to this idea that we, when someone sins against us, we have to remember that that sin that was done against us was actually done against Christ and it was forgiven on the cross. Think about that. But we demand forgive. We demand something before we will forgive that sin 
Yeah, Christ has already forgiven it. That's powerful. So we could end just right there. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you do it? You just stop. (laughs) Yeah, just stop being angry. (laughs) Oh, man. So why don't you read that next verse in 1 John, and we'll we'll move forward. 1 John 2, 1 through 2. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Whose sins? Everyone's. The whole world. The whole world. He says not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. When Jesus said it's done... It is finished. He meant it. He has forgiven the sins of the whole world. Now, this is a hard concept to understand because that doesn't mean that every single person is going to be in heaven because there's a difference between being forgiven and receiving forgiveness. Jesus has forgiven the sins of the whole world because his blood is 100% perfectly capable of forgiving the sins of the whole world. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's why we're asked, commanded to forgive. Because Christ has forgiven. It's a it's a simple yet complex thing. <laughs> so when there is an offense, let's just bring it back to marriage really quick. When there is an offense, mm-hmm. when there's hurt, when there's pain, when there's frustration, when there's anger, when there's all these emotions tied up to an event or a situation or a circumstance that happens and an interaction between a husband and wife. Are we really unwilling to forgive someone else something that Christ chose to die for so that that person can be forgiven? Mm -hmm. Which is why I go back to that statement of when we withhold forgiveness, we put ourselves in place of God. We say, yeah, yeah, God forgives you, but I don't. (laughs) And that's, it's it's simple to be sitting here not in a position where I feel like I'm frustrated or angry to realize how silly that sounds. But we've been in situations where we both feel really deeply about the things yeah. that we're struggling with. And it's hard to bring yourself to a place of yeah. true forgiveness. But, but I don't, but when in the middle of that, like I'm not thinking that even the offense that you mm-hmm. brought on was covered by Christ on the cross. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about myself. We're thinking about, yeah, how our flesh was hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So this is important. I want to make a note. We've mentioned, we've, I think we've touched on this topic in the past. Forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same thing. And this is where going back to like, yes, the sins of the whole world, but that doesn't mean the whole world is reconciled. God desires the whole world to be reconciled in Christ. And it's a part of reconciliation. It's a, it's a, it's a, the first step in reconciliation. There can be no reconciliation without forgiveness. Mm. But reconciliation requires two. Forgiveness requires one. Mm. So we the have bands. To, Remember the bands. Yeah. So Christ forgave. But reconciliation is the other party that is being forgiven. Receiving it. Receiving, recognizing, changing. Mm. That's what repentance is. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that happens. Just because we forgive doesn't mean the other person receives, repents, changes. Right. So forgiveness takes one. Reconciliation takes two. Mm. Because that's the 
both people being back in the same right. page, back in right relationship, which doesn't always happen. This That's not what this subject's about today, this topic. But I just wanted to point that out no, that just good. because you can you can forgive your spouse or your friend or your mom or whoever it is in your life does not necessarily mean that, boom, you're reconciled. Right. And relationships just made perfect again. But you can be walking in that forgiveness and in freedom and in obedience mm-hmm. without the other person. Mm. Um, but that hopefully the end result is reconciliation. That's that's the goal. That's the heart. So we got a few more scriptures here, okay? Matthew 26, 28. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This is Jesus teaching the, at the Last Supper of what the, the cup and the bread meant. Acts 10.43, to him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness. Now, this is showing that reconciliation part. They are forgiven, but everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. That's that's the reconciliation of man to God. Ephesians 1.7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. So we can forgive because we've been forgiven. Sorry to interrupt you again. You uh, kind of read through those pretty quickly, but as you read the Acts 10, 43 one, something came to my mind, so I wanted to bring it up. So just to basically say it again, it says, To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Mm-hmm. And it made me think about the story in Matthew that we read so did the servant who turned to his other fellow servant harshly and said, pay me, did he not believe that his master covered his debt? Did he still feel like he was in bondage to that debt that his master cleared him of? And that's why well, he went he after him? He was clearly acting like that hundred denarii was like Like mattered to him. Enough to put his this brother in prison. He, he definitely didn't receive that grace, that mercy from his master mm. in a grateful way. I mean, he's even called ungrateful and wicked. Like he, maybe he, maybe he didn't believe, and he thought that maybe his master was going to come back after him. I don't mean, know. I'm just trying to understand. Well, I'm glad that you brought Matthew 18 back up because I wanted to. There was something I wanted to bring up in that oh, <laughs> about perfect. how many times we should forgive. And he tells it's Peter seven, right? seven, seven, 77 or seventy sevens or seventy times seven, which is four hundred ninety, and oh, yeah. four hundred ninety is the exact number of Daniel's seventy week prophecy. Mm. so 77s and it means to the end of time <laughs> there's the, the oh, 40, right even. that 490 you know uh, years that that 77s that 70 week prophecy is to the end of time to the end of all things to the reconciliation of all things if you go back and read daniel i believe it's chapter 9 it talks about this 70 week prophecy which leads up to christ the second coming of christ not his first coming and his second coming that's the whole prophecy and so he's essentially telling his telling Peter, like, well, you're going to forgive forever because I've forgiven you all things. Mm. There is no like end to the forgiveness because you've been forgiven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can forgive. So thank you for bringing that yeah. back up. I want to bring that up. That's why I did it. No, oh, we're good. <laughs> yeah. So this is all really good heart stuff. I mean, these are the things, God's word and recognition of what forgiveness means and where it comes from that needs to lead us when our emotions are feeling those frustrations. Um, when our flesh is being reminded 
of our hurt or pain. When the enemy sees us in our weakness or tempts us to withhold pride. Um, And I'm just, I'm just thinking like with those listening, what, what's the practical in that moment of feeling that flood of emotion and concern and, and pain and anger and just that unwilling, like, oh, I can't let Yeah, go. how do you flip that switch from being offended to stop, to stopping and saying, mm-hmm. I forgive you and meaning it? Well, I think meditating on the gospel, because remembering what we've been forgiven of, remembering that we are forgiven, is, is the beginning of all this, is, is the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins. Uh, but that doesn't negate all of the the hormones our body is feeling and all the, the chemical reactions in right. our brains and because all of that. Because it is biological oh, too. Yeah, we this, feel it. Yeah. It's hard. And, but I know that the Bible promises, God promises that with every temptation, he provides a way of escape. Yep. Corinthians. And that's what this is, is in those moments, there's a physical fleshly temptation mm-hmm. that, that boils up within us to withhold mm-hmm. and say, I'm not going to give it until you have done this or done that. Like being contingent on their response. Yep. And I believe God by his Holy spirit speaks to us. Mm-hmm. Every one of his, his, his children, everyone who claims the name of Christ, those listening, you hear from God. When you're in that moment, you, that you're reminded that you, sh- that you should forgive. You're reminded that you're getting angry. You're there's a, that, that still small voice, that prick, and you and you, you could either push it away and say no and keep fighting, or you could listen to it. And it takes sometimes it could take practice, L- practicing listening, practicing, and forgiving even when you don't feel like it. Maybe it starts with forgiving internally. You say it in your I, I forgive them, I forgive them, I forgive <laughs> her, I forgive her. They don't mean it. I love them. Repeating truths. Mm-hmm. They're my spouse. We're one. We're, we're on the same team. This is temporary. Like trying to, to, to say that stuff to you that could a help your biological response. This chemical thing that's going on, the positive thinking yeah. helps it, but it also is reminding your spirit of the truth mm-hmm. and helps you to navigate that. I think those are really good. And I just want to point out when you said, uh, you know, physical response or biological, I, I also want to say the positive to forgiveness is that it's, it's healthy. Forgiveness brings Mm -hmm. peace to our bodies and our minds. And when we're dealing with all kinds of different stresses in life, it's like, if we can control the stress in our relationship of, of being able to offer forgiveness, that is going to change what's happening inside Mm -hmm. of our bodies. And I think it's, good for us. It's healthy for us. And I just wanted yeah. to bring that out because there are negative effects to things like anger when they get built up inside of us. So that's good. And then also, I think it's really, really a good practical advice, what you just said about acknowledging and remembering the truths that we're one, that we're on the same team mm-hmm. and that not one is perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Yeah. And there's going to be times that I fail and I want you to forgive me. And so that going back and forth of that sharing mercy yeah. and sharing grace. And so I think those are really good, really good answer to what I asked about practical in the mm-hmm. moment. And like I said, it can sound, it sounds very easy in this moment when there's no turmoil, no emotional response. It's just yeah. talking about it. 
So when we fail, we recognize it and we say, oh, I'm really sorry I didn't forgive you quicker. I yeah. want to forgive you. You're my, I love you. Um, but also when, outside of the marriage, when it comes to other relationships, mm-hmm. you may not ever be able to tell the person that you forgive them. This, this is a reality. I was going to ask you this. Is it, is it true forgiveness if you can't say, I forgive you? Absolutely. I go back to forgiveness takes one. Mm-hmm. Reconciliation takes two. Mm-hmm. And a part of the forgiveness process Let's say there's a broken relationship and we and there, it's distant, like time-wise. You, know, you haven't spoken in a long time. I, I've known people that have walked through this. It starts with first forgiving. Like, okay, they're also human. They make mistakes. It's having compassion God, love them. for them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know that I'm hurt. I know that, you know, this was wrong. I, I pray that the way that this happened gets dealt with appropriately, well, and God, if it's your will, allow reconciliation. Yeah. Work in their hearts. That's good. Also, sometimes reconciliation is impossible. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would say that's more rare. <laughs> I'm not going to bring up the, the, the times that that happens, but that is a real thing. But God still wants us to be able to walk in forgiveness and freedom of that forgiveness. Totally. And I would, I would just encourage those listening that if you're ever in a situation where you you do truly forgive, but you don't have that opportunity to say the words, I forgive you, which leads to that mm-hmm. reconciliation. Even just telling a friend or your spouse about the situation and how you forgave them is mm-hmm. so powerful. I had a situation in my in my own life where um, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't actually reconcile with um, someone about something. And the moment I realized I truly forgave that person, I, re- I went straight to my best friend and I told her, hey, this thing just happened. I feel like God really helped me process everything. And I just want to, t- I just wanted to tell someone I forgive them. It also it's, drastically changed you. It's healing. It's y- really beautiful. And if you can't tell someone or, or you maybe don't feel comfortable telling someone, just write it down in a journal, tell, write it in God a letter knows, to yeah. God, you know, and just, I don't know, some, for some reason, getting it out of your heart and mind and, and kind of just, mm-hmm. I don't know, sharing it with someone or writing it down, it does help kind of in that sharing process. Absolutely. Well, and I would, there's something about writing something down and speaking something out loud that makes it real. Yeah. And that's a, that's a powerful thing. It sticks uh, with you. Yeah. For sure. Well, and it just, it's a, it's evidence of the, of something that happened internally. Yeah. It's saying, oh, I'm going to say Recognition, this. Recognition, yeah. Uh, the, the last thing I want to, I want to say about forgiveness, especially when it, like in the situation of where you, you may be reconciliation may not be feasible. Maybe you can't reconnect with this person or whatever. Forgiveness. A big part of it is saying, God, I'm going to trust you with the other person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trust you with me. Help me navigate how I think about this person, how I pray for them, how I love them. Either, even if it's from a distance and then trusting God with the other person saying, God, I trust you that you're going to work in that person's life, mm-hmm. that you're going to deal with their sin, that you're going to deal with their heart and how they see me and what they've done wrong. And cause it, he's it re- the best judge of all of this. I was going to say it releases you from that fleshy part of us. That is like justice or this is what you need Control. to do to teach them a lesson yeah. or, you know, whatever the thing is. Um, and it, and it, and you're saying trust and you're, you're saying, God, you, mm-hmm. you are the one 
who teaches and convicts and corrects and loves and he does it all. Yeah, and, and we can and trust him to do that. He does it by his spirit. Yeah. And so, as we've said many times, like we don't have to be other people's Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit's plenty good at that. Yeah. <laughs> so we back off and we say, okay, Spirit of God, you do your thing. Yeah. Do it in me, do it in them. And then, man, there's you, you step out of that prison like we talked about. Yep. You let go of that band. You're feeling you, healthy. You fit, you've, <laughs> yeah, you're, you, that poisons, you've, you've taken the antidote. Yeah. Like you are, you're going to be able to like stand with God and be like, okay, I trust you. Mm -hmm. Make, figure this stuff out. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> uh, we were kind of switching back and forth between like other relationships and marriage. And just to bring it back to marriage real quick, reconciliation is the goal. So yes. being able to say, I forgive you is really powerful. We've experienced this in our own marriage from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Saying I forgive you helps move fo things forward. And so be willing, be mm -hmm. ready to forgive and to say, I forgive you. And mean it. And mean it for the, yeah. for the um, sake of reconciliation. And then you said something else twice that I wanted to bring up for part of that practical, like, what can I do? And it's prayer. When you feel offended, when you feel hurt, when you feel angry, we should pray. Mm -hmm. We should pray for ourselves. We should pray for understanding. We should pray for the other person. I think that that's really important, and I didn't want that to be overlooked. Mm -hmm. Often, uh, you brought up prayer. When I'm when we're in these heated, again, they're they're rare, but when I'm heated and I, f I feel like uh, icky yeah. and and I. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I say, God, I literally don't know what to do. Yeah. Help. <laughs> that's all. And often that's the only thing I can get out because I'm, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I have, I, help me please. <laughs> and often he does. Yeah. Not often. He, he, every time he does when I ask. So when, um, when we've struggled with unforgiveness in our marriage, even if it's for a short time and it's withheld, it affects every part of our relationship. I know. Our it, kids, our, our relationship. But even our, just like my desire to be close to you, yeah. our ability to engage with one another. Like we've had date nights where we're like pretty quiet and it's like, mm -hmm. man, we really need to fix what's going on here. Um, but just being able to enjoy one another, every every aspect of our relationship, the friendship, the intimacy, the day-to-day, um, -day, yeah. the partnership, like all of it gets affected. And so- we wanted to bring this to you guys today because we know how important forgiveness is to marriage in order to build a healthy, strong, thriving, um, and, and spiritual, spiritually thriving marriage. We have to be willing to forgive. And so our encouragement to you today is hopefully you've been, ho hopefully you've been encouraged by what we've shared today to consider, is there any unforgiveness in my heart toward mm -hmm. my spouse or towards anyone and God, how can you lead me through it your way? Yeah. All right. That's really good. Why don't you do a weekly challenge? Okay. So switching gears here. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> go on a fun date night together. Um, I put, I, 
I threw some examples out there, but you know what? The snow season's upon us here in Oregon. And so um, I just want to encourage everyone to be willing to go outside even when it's cold. <laughs> uh, go ice skating if you don't or for go, a walk, whatever. If you don't want to go outside and do something cold, we just did a date night with some friends and we bought a new game. Oh, we went to, there was a game store. We went to a game store, picked out a game. We couldn't stay there because they were having some tournament thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we went somewhere else and we played a game. It was fun. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And now we have a new game in our arsenal yeah. of games. Should we tell them what it is? Yeah. yeah. It's a small it. white box. It's a card game and it's called... Uh, I think it's called The Coup. Coup. Yeah. Yeah. It's very simple, but it's very fun. All right. Will you pray for us? Yes. Dear Lord, thank you for the gift of forgiveness. Thank you for dying for our sins that we may be forgiven and receive eternal life. We pray our hearts and minds would understand the depths of your forgiveness and be ready and willing to forgive others, especially our spouse. When our flesh is fighting for justice and it feels hard to forgive and our emotions overwhelm us, please lead us to faithfully trust you and walk in your ways. We pray we would stop being angry. We pray we would not let frustration have a foothold in our marriage. Please help us to be quick to forgive, but also to be quick to reconcile in our marriage. May we pursue peace as we remind each other of the peace you have brought us through salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Marriage After God podcast. If you found today's episode fun and encouraging, please take a moment to share it on social media or in an email to some of your married friends. Also, would you please take a moment and leave us a review? Reviews help to spread the word about our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And you can always check out more of our resources at marriageuppergod.com. You can follow us on social media for more marriage encouragement on Facebook and Instagram at Marriage After God, at Husband Revolution, and at Unveiled Wife. We hope you have an incredible week and look forward to sharing more with you next week on the Marriage After God podcast. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.